Hi, my name is Steve Thomas, lead pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged as together we open God's Word and consider how it applies to our lives. I want to thank uh, Greg Davis for leading worship today, along with Sarah and Marissa, and so grateful for them and for and Phil's absence as he is in South Carolina and he is uh, having a, a redneck Thanksgiving. And I'm sure <laughs> people don't know that Phil is such a redneck. So I don't mean that in a very positive and wholesome way. Um, uh, he's away. Texted me this morning. Uh, great blessing to have these in our lives, Sarah and Greg and, and uh, our staff and um, Cindy and Jonathan and Phil. It's an awesome place to be. I love Thanksgiving. I hope you've had a great time. We had four Thanksgivings this year. It was amazing. I could have done a few more. Um, all growing up, Thanksgiving was a wonderful time in our home. My mother's here today, and uh, she always made sure that it was amazing, whether we went out to with our relatives or whether we stayed home. Thanksgiving was incredible, and uh, we always had wonderful turkey and dressing and uh, pumpkin pie and all the things you just really need. Loved Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving, not so much. You may say, why, Steve? That's the greatest shopping day of the year. No, that had nothing to do with it. In high school, I played basketball. And the day after Thanksgiving was the hardest practice of the year. We would show up at 9 o'clock and the coach would say, okay, guys, we're going to run that turkey right out of you. And he had this drill called the turkey trot, although there was no trotting. You were to sprint to the end of the floor, dribbling a basketball, make a layup, and your buddy would then take the ball out of the hoop, because you always made it, and he would, he would sprint the other way, and you had to follow him. We did this, no lie, 45 minutes, at least, maybe four hours, somewhere in that range. And we did this in order to get rid of that after Thanksgiving. Oh, my goodness. I can't do anything. I can't go. And he would work us so hard. And then after that, we would have practice. And you would run your offense, and you'd run your defensive drills. You'd do all your normal drills. And then after like three hours, and you think it's over, then the alumni would show up. So all the players from the past years who are now in college, who are stronger, faster, bigger, they come to play us, and they would destroy us. At first, we did really good. In the first quarter or so, you're doing all right. You're kind of hanging with them. Then after that, they just start to just bully you over, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you're defeated, and you just lose miserably, and they keep score to make you know that you've lost. And you're thinking, why is he doing this to us? Well, Thanksgiving in the high school basketball season at that time, you didn't play hardly any games before Thanksgiving, maybe none, and if they were, they really didn't count that much. They weren't district games. The real season started after Thanksgiving. And what the coach was trying to do was to get you ready for what was coming. He was trying to get you prepared for the fact that you're not as good or as ready as you think you are. And you need to understand that there's some growing that needs to take place before you're ready to take the next step into the actual season. I didn't like it at all. I almost hated it. But it did prepare you for what was coming next. This morning, we're finishing our series called Sent. And this whole series is about Jesus giving his ministry away to his followers. And he's sending them out to do what he had been doing. 
And it's an incredible thing. Jesus gives them some of his power and he sends them out to proclaim his message and to build his kingdom. But they're not quite ready. They've still got some ways to go. They don't quite understand all that he is. And so he's about to send them into some pretty serious headwinds. They're going to be out on the lake and it's going to be difficult. Let me read the whole passage and we'll come back and examine it verse by verse. This is Mark's gospel, chapter 6. Mark's, chapter, Mark's gospel, chapter 6. Guys, I'm going to roll through this whole scripture and we'll come back to the beginning. Mark is the second gospel account, the story of Jesus written by Mark. Verse 45 of chapter 6 of the book of Mark, and I encourage you to open your Bible or your electronic device and read along with me, reading out of the English Standard Version. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully. For the wind was against them, and about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, For they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Go back to verse 45. Jesus is doing something incredible, amazing. He had just finished feeding the 5,000. And that was amazing on itself, right? I mean, Jesus took this small meal, this basically a fish sandwich, and he feeds over 5,000 people. It's incredible, but the disciples still didn't see him as who he really is. They were supposed to see this is the God who feeds in the wilderness. This is the God who is the same God that rescued you from Egypt, that defeated the armies of Egypt, that led you across the wilderness, that gave you the promised land. This is, this is him. He is God. That's what they were supposed to see. But all they really saw was that someone who was really good at feeding a lot of people from a little bit of food, which you may have seen your mom or wife do that occasionally, right? I mean, I can go home and I can say, honey, there's nothing to eat. And Julie, oh, there's a whole meal here. And she can just put it together. Jesus did that in a much bigger way, actually incredibly miraculous way. But they missed who he was. So he says, I need to do something miraculous and incredible for them to get it. I need for them to see me for who I really am. So he sends them out on the water. I I love the lake and the water and the ocean stories in the Bible. Um, This is where Jesus really lets them see him. I was on the water a few years ago in my little sailboat and um, thought I was ready. My good friend Bob Cuban pushed me out to sea. He launched me and my friend Chuck, and we were going sailing that day, and the winds were a little bit high, and the seas were a little bit high, and I thought, I need to learn how to handle these conditions. And so we, we took off from shore and we're racing across the ocean and we're having the greatest time and we're going really fast and things are getting just a little bit out of control. And at some point, 
we missed something and we came over a wave and instead of going over the next wave, we plunged the bows of the boat into the wave, which is not a good thing. And the back of the boat raised up out of the water, which is not a good thing. And then this thing that holds the, the sail up, it's called a mast, it broke. And the boat, I'm not really sure what happened after that, but it really was in a lot of pieces after that. And so we, we floundered around in the water, we tried to gather the pieces, and we were thinking about, is someone coming to help us? And sure enough, here comes Bob. Here comes Bob, sailing across the water. He circles around us, says, are you guys okay? Yeah, we're, we're okay. And he said, I've called Ocean Rescue, and they're going to they're gonna pull you in. I learned a lot about Bob that day. Bob was watching the whole time. Bob launched us. He didn't think this was a bad idea. He launched us where we were going, and then when we crashed, he came to rescue us. The disciples learned a lot about Jesus this day. And I want us to walk through this verse by verse, and I want you to see what Jesus does when we face a headwind. Anybody face a headwind lately, today, recently? You just can't quite get it going. You kind of keep bumping up against the same thing. Let's look at this again. Verse 45 says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. Wait a minute. What you're telling me is that Jesus sent them into a very difficult situation on purpose. Jesus actually told them, it's time for you to get in the boat and I want you to go across the lake and I know that it's going to be blowing hard at you. I'm sending you into a very difficult situation. You see, what we need to understand is that when you're a follower of Jesus, headwinds are normal. I want you to think about that for just a minute. Sometimes we believe that if I follow Jesus, I'll have no problems, I'll have no difficulties, things are going to be just fine, I'm going to go through the ocean in just incredible speed and ease, everything's good. No, it's, it's, it's hard. He sends them out, and this is why it's so important to know that you're a follower of Jesus. If Jesus sent you, there's a reason why you're in that headwind. Headwinds are normal. It doesn't mean that you're off track because you're struggling, okay? It doesn't mean that you're off track because you're, scheduled, because you're struggling. Verse 46, And after he had taken leave of them, he went up onto the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. So here's what's happening. Get the picture. He sent them out. We don't know how far out in the water they are, but they're, they're, they're going across the lake. Jesus goes up on some kind of a raised hill or mountain, probably not more than 100 feet off the water. There's not great huge hills there. Um, but he's up on a place where he can look out over the ocean or the lake, and he sees them out there. And so what there is here is there's, there's distance between the disciples and Jesus. They're thinking, oh, he's sending us out like he did before because he had recently sent them out to the surrounding villages. He said, listen, I want you to go out and carry my message. And they had gone out, had been incredibly successful. It had gone amazingly well. And they're thinking that's exactly what's happening here. So Jesus sends them out and he allows distance. 
See, not everyone that doesn't feel incredibly close to Jesus right now is a prodigal. He allows there to be distance in the same way that you allow there to be distance with your ch- between you and your child when you're teaching them to walk, right? Eventually, you got to let go. Eventually, you're teaching to ride a bicycle, you got to let them go. you got to take the training wheels off. When you send them to school, at some point, you've got to close the door and walk away from the bus or the, or the school and say, I hope things work out. I'm really terrified of this, but it's a growth point, isn't it? Jesus allows some distance. He doesn't disconnect, but he does allow there to be some distance so that we can grow and so that we can need him. And we're going to see that in just a minute. He allows that to happen. Yes, we'd all like to be in that warmth. And I hope that when you come to worship here, I hope you feel the warmth of Jesus. I hope that you feel a sense of being cared for, being loved. I hope you have the sense of that Jesus has you securely in his arms. I hope you know that. But there are also some times when you're just struggling. You're just rowing against the wind. Jesus allows there to be distance. But look what happens next, verse 46 and following, 47 and following. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land, verse 48, and he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he meant to pass by them. This is what's happening here. If you you read this quickly, you don't see it. He says he saw that they were making way painfully, for the wind was against them. So Jesus can see them. It's dark, and he can see them. Could be that it's a nice moonlit night. Jesus is, is got a, he's raised, he's up high, he's looking out over the water. Maybe he can see them with his natural eyes. Or maybe he sees them with his supernatural eyes. Maybe he watches them even though they're out of human sight. So you're never out of his sight. We're never out of his sight. But when you are facing headwinds, you should expect to see Jesus. Because first of all, you're never out of his sight. I want you to realize that today. There can be times in our lives when things are difficult and you're feeling maybe you're not as close to him as you might want to be. You're never out of his sight. He's watching. He sees. The disciples are facing ahead one, but they're never out of his sight. Notice also, notice also that he doesn't come right away. Jesus delays. He delays. Go ahead, two slides, please. Um, It says that in the evening, he's looking out over the, there we go. He delays his coming. He's looking out over the water in the evening. But he waits until the fourth watch to come. Do you know how much time that is? So here's Jesus. He's watching. The evening could have been anywhere between about 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And the fourth watch starts at 3 a.m. You're thinking, that's kind of cruel. Jesus is watching them. And they're rowing. And they're rowing. And they're rowing. And they're going nowhere. They see the water moving, probably, but the boat is really not making any progress. They're watching on their GPS, and they see we're still in the same place. Jesus is watching, but he does 
delay is coming. Sometimes what's happening is Jesus is just waiting for you to, he's probably waiting. Listen, if they knew who I was, they would just call and I would help. I need to see them get six hours of rowing exhaustion going. They get to the place that they realize they're not going to make it on their own. They're not going to be able to complete my assignment on their own. You see, the assignment of Jesus requires a miracle. The assignment of Jesus, to complete that assignment, it requires a miracle. So what does Jesus do? I can just see him up there going, I don't know if they're going to ask. They should ask. I don't know why they don't turn to me and ask. I've calmed the storm before. I don't know why they don't realize I'm the God of, of the desert. I'm the God of provision. I can do anything. I can, I can take care of whatever their need is. I don't know why they don't ask. They're still rowing. Let me ask you, you ever been there? Man, Jesus, I'm coming up against a, a problem here. I can't solve this relationship problem. I, I can't solve this financial problem. I can't solve this school problem. I can't solve anything. I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just, but I'm rowing. I'm still rowing. I'm still rowing. And I'm not rowing very good anymore. He's waiting. He's waiting. And finally, he starts walking. He starts walking. Now, I'm wondering as I'm reading this, this is just how my mind works. I'm thinking, I would have done the Superman thing and flown in. That's what I would have done, you know? Here he comes. That would have been so cool, right? Or Jesus, he could do anything. He could just magically transport himself and just suddenly be sitting right beside him. He could do that, but he doesn't. He walks on water. He walks on water. And he walks, we don't know how far, could have been just a little ways, could have been a couple miles. He walks across the water. And it says that he meant to go by them, which really what it means is he meant to walk in front of them so they couldn't miss him. It's kind of like at night and you're at a, you're at a light and someone walks in front of your car because they're trying to get your attention or something. That's what it's like. He's walking, he's showing them, listen, I can miraculously perform this assignment just with me. And you can't perform this assignment even with 12 guys and some really good technology, which is what the boat would have represented. He's saying, Steve, First Baptist Del Rey, you need a miracle to do what I called you to do. You need a miracle. You think because you did it once, you can do it every... No, he says, you need a miracle to accomplish what I've called you to do. And I'm walking on water to show you that. Not only that, but I'll walk on water to get to you. I'm coming for you. You're out of gas. You're tired. You're worn out. I'm going to walk... And matter of fact, I'm going to walk on water, so I'm going to scare you to death to get your attention. Because that's what happens. They shout out at him, Jesus, it's a, it's a ghost. Or, it's a ghost. <laughs> Expect Jesus in the midst of the headwind. Expect to see Jesus in the midst of the headwind. Look for Jesus. Don't row for six hours. Call out to him. And so they shout out. When he's, verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and they cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified, but immediately he spoke to them said, Take heart, do not be afraid. 
And when he got into the boat with them, the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they had not understood about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. That's what happens. Jesus is there. He scares them to death. He says, it's me, and he gets in the boat with them. And suddenly everything calms down. Everything calms down when Jesus gets in your boat. Let me ask you, is he in your boat today? Is he in your boat today? Have you reached out to Jesus? I need you to be in this boat because I really can't row anymore. I'm, I'm up against this thing, and I need you to get in my boat. Say, so Steve, what does it mean? How do I get him in my boat? I don't really understand because, you know, I, I'm trying, and I'm trying to be a good guy and everything. I, I just can't. Listen, let me ask you. Have you reached out to Jesus? Jesus, I need you to solve this problem for me. And sometimes it's simply reading his word, and a verse will pop out and minister to you, and it'll be Jesus speaking. He said, listen, I want you to be encouraged I am your fortress. I'm the, I'm the one that you can run to. Sometimes it's, it's a person who is a godly person who represents the church, who represents Jesus, and they're able to say to you, hey, listen, you need to deal with this. Let me tell you, let me, let me help you make this move. Let me encourage you. Somebody's just someone who comes alongside you, listen, I want to encourage you, it's tough. I know you're up against a headwind. You need Jesus in your boat. And in fact... When he gets in your boat, you ought to know some peace. You might still be in the middle of the lake, but everything calms down. So let me ask you, what do you do? How do you respond when you face a headwind and you just can't seem to make progress? Do you ever question the love of Jesus at that point? Do you wonder, does he take pleasure in me? Am I off track? Does Jesus not care? And I've just got to fight through this on my own. Do you ever question whether he loves you? You know, it's hard to imagine that we would wonder if he loved us. He gave up everything for us. He died on a cross for us. But at times we think, Well, I must have done something wrong because I'm facing a headwind. I want to encourage you today. If you're facing a headwind, the first thing you need to do is examine your launch. Examine, how did I get here? You see, Jesus himself had forced them into the boat virtually, told them, you guys need to get on the boat, you need to leave, you need to get going, so get out of here. So Jesus sent them on this course, and I want to ask you, did Jesus send you on the course you're on right now? Did he? Are you living a life in response to him? Or are you living a self-centered life? Let me just give you a quick way to examine this. And you say, Steve, how do I know? Let me give you this. Psalm 1, blessed. And when you see that word in Scripture, you need to think God's favor. Right? You need to experience God's favor. This is how you want to know, how do I experience God's favor? Well, just read on. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but get this, his what? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Here's what I want you to understand. If your desire is to fit into God's plan, 
You're not out there with the scoffers and the people who are making fun of you. You actually want to do what Jesus wants you to do. You're not perfect, but your desire and you is, is to fulfill what God has said. That's your heart. That's your heart. Yeah, you make mistakes, but that's your heart's desire. When you make a decision, you pray through that decision. You do make your best decision. Let me tell you, if that's the case, then you've made a good decision. Even when you face a headwind. When you face a headwind, the first thing you need to do is examine the launch. How did you get here? And if you're, pretty, if you're confident that you follow Jesus and you're facing a headwind, you're in good shape. And the next thing that you need to do after you examine your launch is you need to get Jesus in your boat. You need to get Jesus in your boat. You need to spend some time in prayer. You need to spend some time in his word. You know, it's amazing. Jesus speaks your language. Do you know that he wants to encourage you more than you want to be encouraged? So Jesus, I need some encouragement today that I'm on the right track. It's amazing what he can do, the conversations he can bring in your life, the people he can bring alongside of you. So you know what? This is happening. You benefited me. here. You helped me here. Even something that happens in a small group, Bible study, something that happens in a worship service, he is able to communicate with you and encourage you and get in your boat and calm you down. If you try to get him in your boat and there's no calm, you might need to turn around. You might need to turn around. But if you have launched with him and if you've done your best to follow him, just get him in your boat. You see, here's the thing. A headwind, it reveals the love of Jesus. Think about that. You see, the headwind that he sent them into let them see him as the God they never saw before. It let them see him as the God who can show up and walk on water and calm the sea and give, get them where they need to be. When you face a headwind, if you're not in rebellion, it's a blessing from God. And it shows that he loves you, that he cares for you, that you are on track with him, and that he finds pleasure. You can know that today. He loves you more than you could possibly know. So this morning, how's your launch? How's your launch? Some people always say, and I was talking with some of our, our team beforehand, you know, I don't know if he takes pleasure in me because, you know, I messed up. Yeah, you, you did, but are you living a repentant life? Yes, yes. He takes pleasure in he died so you could repent, right? He died so he could show you himself. He died because he took pleasure in you. Don't be fooled by the enemy saying, Jesus doesn't like you, you're not worthy. Guess what? None of us were worthy. He loves you that much. You are sent, but you need a miracle. You are sent because he loves you and he takes pleasure in you. Thanks for joining us today. If this message spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or on social media. Just tag us at First Baptist Del Rey. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to fbcdelray.com. Hope to see you again next time. God bless.